Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be on planet Earth. This is Henry Weinreich, your host on Henry and Friends Live. Let me tell you, uh, we are changing it up completely today. We missed you last weekend because unfortunately we had a slight technical issue and so we had to skip a week and so it's been absolutely phenomenal working with our guest who's in the green room as we speak directly from new york city um i've missed you all because we had a two-week hiatus um in which we had a little bit of a technical hiccup last weekend and my dear guest who's on the in the green room again this weekend um last weekend said to me henry just smile and that endeared me to her so much more than ever before because when it's when people are under pressure that's when i think um really their true selves um actually shine through but welcome 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 we are so thrilled to have you it is exactly 8 31 uh in the morning in sydney australia which makes it 7 31 in tokyo sunday on the other side of the globe it's exactly 6 31 p.m on the east coast of the united states of america and in london england gmt time it is exactly 11 31 p.m uh, as we straddle all the different time zones, you're so very welcome. We have an amazing show for you um, this weekend. And as you can see, um, I really took the color therapy to heart, um, which we went through with Lucy Lorita. And I'm wearing orange and red. I'm not wearing a suit. I'm not wearing a tie. It's that kind of vibe this weekend. And by the way, red equals vigor and courage and Orange equals joy and sunshine. So I think that's a pretty potent combination. Um, I wanted to go into this weekend's editorial with an amazing article. I'm just going to cue it up. Have you all been well? Let me know how you are in the comment section. What have you been up to in the last two weeks since we've seen each other? This is coming into our eighth month, by the way, um, which is really amazing. So when we come into editorial, so I'll tell you how the show's going to run. Our little introduction, I can see people are online. Welcome. We have Rebecca Bond in the green room talking about, in about 190 seconds, uh, the new blue skies of opportunity for women. Um, we are then going to have a whole discussion about disruption and all that sort of thing. We're going to have a break in the middle, uh, a little bit of a recess. And then after the break, we're going to have questions directed at Rebecca. Um, but I thought that I wanted to start off this weekend's show with an article I read last weekend on CNN. So let me do the countdown. I long for the salt in the air, giving me freedom, taking my care. So I just think it was really, really interesting last weekend. I was really, really excited to read this. Um, it's all about disruption and change, blue new skies. And I think we're going past just words. I think it's so important to really focus on action. And that's why our guest in the green room this evening in New York City at exactly 6.33 p.m. Um, is an example of not just words, but action. So um, regardless of who you support or you don't support with corporations, I thought this was a huge one, which I read last weekend on CNN Live. And here is the little article. Walmart pledges $1 billion to fund free college career training for employees. Walmart has committed $1 billion, 
That's $1 billion over the next five years to career-driven training and development for its employees, including funding 100% of college tuition and books for its live Better You education program. The LBU program is offered in partnership with Guild Education and allows Walmart employees in the United States to pursue an associate or bachelor's degree in business, supply chain management, or cybersecurity. Amazing. So I think the thing is that, you know, there is so many things that we could be focusing in on the news, especially Australia right now is doing it a little bit tough. Rebecca told me to smile. Um, but I just think that's why this show is so positive and it's so invigorating and refreshing because it's not just about words, it's about action. So I'm just going to finish my little editorial by saying today's show is all about not just the words, not just about the hashtags, but really about disruption and people that are really in the middle of it, such as Rebecca Bond. And I'm just going to finish off with our little editorial snippet. And then very shortly, we're going to bring Rebecca Bond from New York City out of her little green room to meet everybody and all of you. Please let me know how you're doing. Please let me know how your weekend's been. Don't forget, part two will be questions to Rebecca Bond. And part three is our secret behind the scenes discussion, which is open for all of you to listen into on how we have a little chat about how we thought the show went. So here goes my little editorial end snip. I better add myself to the stream. This is the build-up. So I want to tell you actually a little bit about Rebecca Bond. I think you're all going to enjoy it. And in the middle of the show, I'm going to actually give you all an update about where have they, where are they today, eight months after we started our show. You won't believe the evolution of every single one of our guests. Um, if you'd like to be a guest on Henry and Friends Live, drop me a DM at the uh, end of this um, uh, uh, show, and I would love to hear how you would like to become a guest and we can do a little chit chat on WhatsApp. Who's Rebecca Bond? Well, I'll tell you how I met Rebecca Bond, our guest talking about the new blue skies of women. So I got on the phone to Rebecca and I, Rebecca and I were actually uh, neighbors in New York City in the stained brownstone. And we followed each other ever since. We had Christy Hins on the top, which afterwards I did Project Runway Australia with her in Australia. And Rebecca is, was our, our neighbor downstairs and we met in very interesting circumstances, shall we say. And from day one, we had the most amazing conversation. So I picked up the blower and I said to Rebecca, listen, I would love to have you on the show, you know, because I can see so much you're doing with community um, and, you know, breaking the, the glass ceiling for women. He said, Henry, that is so 2020. It's not about breaking the glass ceiling anymore for women. It's about the new blue skies. I'm like, Rebecca, we want to hear about the blue new skies. And you will in exactly 60 seconds, because the question is, where to after breaking the glass ceiling? Here we have Rebecca Bond.
it's drum roll. Welcome, Rebecca. How are you? I'm great. Hi, Henry and friends. So nice to be here. Good morning. Very, good evening. It's very, very exciting to have you. You're uh, beaming directly from New York City. And um, really, I want to introduce everybody to you. You are a LinkedIn futurist. Um, you are non-for-profit initiator and innovator, a uh, Huffington Post contributor, a marketer, a maker, and a for-good innovator. Wow. Unbelievable. How do we, how, a person like you, what's it like being Rebecca Bond, first of all? I, you know, I, I call it conscious serendipity, um, life and career and being in these places. Uh, I've been really lucky. And um, what's it like? It's probably. Yeah, what's it like being you? <laughs> Are you busy? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that question. Um, it's good. I mean, it's it's like everyone else um, trying to figure out their life and their careers and their families and um, their passions and uh, things they care about. So I, I guess I would say I have a busy mind, but... Um, you have a busy mind, but also you have an extraordinary schedule that you go on. Everybody, uh, Rebecca's being a little bit uh, low-key, let me tell you. Uh, whenever you go on Rebecca's post, whenever you see what she's doing on LinkedIn, it's constantly up to date with what's happening, really disruptive. Um, let me ask you, um, we talk about a career mm -hmm. and family. Aren't those two yep. clashing? Don't they clash? Uh, yes, completely. Uh, I, I think that any woman who who has children knows that that's a constant um, maze you're trying to navigate. I mean, yes. my children are a little bit older, but but they're still you know at home, and uh, so you never really. Um, it's constant. Is there a constant? Well, I would say before I had children, I never had to think about anything except a cat. So I had a cat. The cat was quite self-sufficient. So I lived in New York. And if I traveled, the doorman could feed the cat. And so, you know, I didn't, I could work seven days a week and yes. um, time management. Yes, there was time management, but I had the luxury of figuring a lot of things out. I moved to New York from the Midwest. So I was tossed into an environment that was um, completely uh, different than what I was used to and, and a profession as well. I, I worked in sports and entertainment marketing and it was a male dominated industry. And when I got there, I thought, I just really can't mess this up, but I have to leave because this is a crazy town. And um, you wanted to leave New York City when you first arrived. Well, you know, it's really startling in the beginning. It is startling. It uh, is startling. It's a lot to process. And so, you know, each day you kind of get it right. I mean, I didn't know a soul in New York. So I found out later that they had offered the job to three other men. And um, so I was their fourth choice. Um, but they couldn't get another man to take the job. Uh, apparently their wives didn't want to move there. And um, so is that, that is correct. And um, so they called me after I just come off. Uh, I had been doing a, a tour 
for World Cup and I had been traveling for three months and I'd been in LA before that in a hotel for months. And I had come back and I was just persistent because this job, I thought this is it. This is like, I'm made for this job, but they kept putting me through the paces. And you know, one thing I learned is um, you don't have to know everything, but persistence does pay off because they, they don't forget your name. And it's like, oh, she's calling again. <laughs> so, so when they couldn't get someone to take the job, I, I did. I found out later that that the person, his name, I kept hearing his name because I was working with beer distributors. So I was working in the beer business and sports for all the teams and and beer distributors on the East Coast. So it was, you know, I'm sure they thought there's no way this woman's going to make it, but we can't get anyone else. We need someone fast. So I happened to, at the right time, be wrapping up this World Cup project that I was working on. And they said, well, how fast could you be there? So I said, I I don't know, three weeks. So that was it. And so I, I landed I actually think I drove, I had to fly to a NASCAR race because it was all the motorsports. I became a motorsports expert. So anything that they sponsored, whether it was the NBA, NASCAR, um, we had to do all the marketing for that. And um, I, I think I pulled off in Newark and I said, am I in New York? Um, Newark is in New Jersey for people that don't know that. And it's really <laughs> driving, I think I was driving from Philadelphia. So, I mean, that, that was pretty neophyte. Um, I didn't have that much time to learn the job, but I used to bring home my predecessor's paperwork. And so on weekends, I would just go through every piece of paper to learn the job. And then I traveled one summer, I think almost every weekend, but again, so you asked about kids. So I had the the luxury of, of time to really dig in. And I knew that like, it was a huge opportunity. Um, and uh, it turned out the other woman in the company was on the West coast and we were the highest producers um for the agency um the two women in the group uh the men were excellent as well to get there for a second because going back a little bit before we talk about children um you know um as a male uh, and i'm surrounded by women but it astounds me that um up until very recently there really is a struggle between men and women. Women tell me that you have to do double the work. You've just said to so yourself. You have to be persistent. You have to show up. You have to do so. Is it up until recently with the pandemic, and we're going to do pre and post pandemic, was it really that much more difficult to be in business as a woman than, than a man? What's your opinion on that? Oh, you definitely, it, it is double the work. Um, no question double it's been work. that way. Um, I mean, I said when I started in beer and sports, I said I didn't particularly like beer that much. And if I, at a superficial level, I knew sports, but I always thought, well, my male counterparts might be watching the game. I was walking around watching the consumers and my job was to sell the product. So I thought I've definitely going to get more business out of this because, but, and I had great relationships with obviously the people that I worked with, but I remember my client telling me, cause they knew first I didn't, you know, 
I had to do a lot of things and I didn't drink that much. So it was like, they said, just hold the bottle this way and it's the badge. So, you know, you learn branding, proper branding. Um, so um, I think it actually was a benefit because, I mean, I was there doing my job and I loved my job. I loved figuring out how to, what made people tick, what made people buy products. I mean, females make um, predominantly the, the household decisions. And it confounded me that there weren't more women in these rooms because you can't try to channel a woman's brain through a man's brain. So that was always you know, I like frustrating to me. I like that. You can't channel uh, a woman's brain through a man's brain. That's like such a fantastic, it's true. But can I ask you, was there, uh, because we're talking, we're going to talk later on about the, the breaking through the glass ceiling right. into what you now call blue skies, which took my imagination away. Um, did you come across the glass ceiling and what did that, what, what is that, the glass ceiling? We hear so much about the glass ceiling. Could you please tell us what the glass ceiling is? I don't know. That's the part that, like, I love that. You've never come across it. Well, yes, probably. But um, I always figured out there was a way to go up, around, sideways, underneath. It's like, it's again, I said, it's you cannot, when in doubt, persist. And I write it both down, by the way. When in doubt, when in doubt persist. I love it. It, it really does pay off. And I think where anyone, women or men, where, where you quit, and I learned this a lot starting a nonprofit, is you get told no a lot. So when I started my nonprofit, I learned no more than anything. And so, but because I was driven by a passion and a determination, I let no slide off me and I figured out how to get to yes. So it took something, it, that was, I guess, if you look at not a breaking through a glass ceiling, it was breaking through maybe a thought barrier that I had where I, I wasn't going to let myself get stuck. And so that definitely, taught me that that applied in anything. That is amazing, if I can just interject there, because you've just turned everything on top of its head from my perception. I don't know anybody uh, anybody else that's joined us. Thank you so much for joining us. You're on Henry and Friends Live with Rebecca Bond right across the globe. Please let us know if you've experienced anything to do with the glass ceiling. Have you reached the blue skies yet? Um, and we're coming in directly from New York City, our special guest that's come out of the green room What's amazing to me about what you just said, Rebecca, is um, often we look at things and it's like something is put upon us. And you're saying, oh, no, 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 no. I dug within myself and I learned how to get past no. That's a very different perspective. How did you get to that perspective? Um, when I started, well, first of all, I probably started in New York because I was in a very uncomfortable, like New York was like going to Mars. And, but I remember thinking, oh, I'll go back to Minnesota for sure, but I'm going to go back 
successful at this job. So um, I, I think I was uncomfortable a lot because, and I remember sitting in a room with uh, one of my clients was a female and she was also um, a, uh, she had gone to Harvard Business School and she was one of the few females in the company as well. And so I would fly in every other week to meet with them. And I could tell, I remember one meeting, it was, it was when the teams had just been acquired by the Kraft family. And I remember sitting next to her and I remember my knee, you know, kind of like going up and down because we were talking about like these big plans. And we've all seen what has happened with the Patriots and the town and what they were doing in their vision. And so, I mean, but it was anything that was, that was sponsorship related and related to the NFL. And I remember she and I, I could relate to her. I mean, she had gone to Harvard B school and, you know, but we both were in these rooms where we were the only females. And I thought we didn't really have to say it. It just went unsaid that, we we stuck together and we worked like crazy, but um, you know you find your people. Um, I think that's another thing. You find I your people. It's a huge one. Huge. You do find your people, and I also have had exceptional mentors. And it doesn't take. I mean, you need more than one mentor. You need many mentors um, for different reasons, and. You know, when you think you can't, you know, when I said um, conscious serendipity, you have to have some patience because I think they talk about women's intuition and they talk about mother's intuition. And I am a very big believer in that because, I mean, I'm a feeler when it comes to things like you talk about disruption. It's like there's an instinct, you know, you know, and what disruption means is you know to change anything big it means hearts and minds change so disruption changes hearts and minds so you can put out so any statistic like you and i could have a conversation right now about women's pay or you know different things related my daughters they're great at reeling off the stats because they're teenagers and you know they think about this a lot but until you really consciously change hearts and minds you don't change anything so but you, what you're saying to me is you came from Minnesota, you mm -hmm. went to New York, and the first heart and mind you changed was yours. That's the key, isn't it? Your own internal, you know, your own internal confidence. You were like, I am going to go back. If I go back home, I'm going to be going back um, uh, successful. So you didn't take no, and you had to go within yourself. And then you realized it was teamwork. And all these different things come at different times. But it was very brave for people that, um, just to put this in perspective, um, the whole concept of there's such a huge, America's a huge country, you'll know that, but the differences, and especially in New York City, is not America. So people don't really understand. It's probably easier for somebody like me to jump over to New York City than it would be somebody from Minnesota to jump into New York City. So uh, people need to understand all those kind of welcome and viewing uh, what we're talking about today. And please let us know if you've come up against uh, any of the glass ceiling because Rebecca hasn't because she's ignored it. Um, but it's a huge leap and jump. Um, so can I ask you on the converse of that, 
what was the most how what was the most difficult no you've ever received the most difficult no you've ever received if there was such a thing do you have the most of it do you even count them or do they you told me you let things wash off their back so you know did you have one that you really sticks really damaged you have you ever had any damaging no's like don't go there. i've had i've had damaging decisions i i've i learned um there was and this is really i have to say this was this was one of those moments where i blinked um and it taught me a lot but it was a painful lesson it was with my nonprofit, but it was um i was you know my nonprofit is for gun safety not to make this political but it it was very similar to working in the sports and the beer industry and um there was a commercial that we were going to run and you know everyone gets excited about that and and it's really? done it was a great spot and but i was on the ground working with you know the people in the industry yeah. and there were there were warnings that you know maybe this is not the right spot to run right now because you know i worked from, i we worked from the inside and um with the manufacturers in the industry to you know to talk safety and I mentioned it, that we shouldn't run it, that it was not the right time. And, and I was not overruled because I could have, I could have said, no, we're not running it. And I remember mm -hmm. exactly where I was when I had that call and I made my final pitch that this is not the right time. And again, it was excellent work and it would have been run. But what I did is Wow. And again, it was everyone male. God. And yeah, and I blinked. I blinked. And I wouldn't blink now because it was brutal. Because I knew afterwards the the blowback was going to come on me. And the time that then was lost that we had to go repair that and maybe it would take another year to to build up the trust because that's how that's how I built the nonprofit it was all based on its relationships and its trust and it's also kind of threading a needle through a sticky area which you know I learned so much from that um and it, it was a mistake I made just on that well, but what was the mistake? That's what I don't understand. Because the thing is, you pitched, even though you loved it, and they said no. What mistake? Because you faltered, do you think? What was your mistake? I let it run. I, I and let not it put your foot down. And not put your foot I, down. And, and I didn't say, we're not doing it right now. Bottom line. Not so the right line. You learn from that. So then how do you pick yourself up? So I want to understand you're in a room full of men. You're in, you know, um, gun safety, and you are the founder, aren't you, of Evolve, which is a gun safety organization. Um, but the thing is, I mean, if that's not surrounded by men, um, so your comment is that was your glass ceiling of not saying, no, we're not doing it. You know, and I don't want to make this because this can be a political subject and we're in the apolitical space. Right, so yeah, yeah. I will just caveat it with that because my playbook for it was actually the liquor industry and safety there because, and so, so it was yeah. very obviously apolitical. And so I got on the phone with everyone yes. 
that yes. you know I knew and anyone who had anything to say or wanted to interview me, I called them back and you know I learned if anyone wrote something that that they were critical, I would call them directly. I mean in the beginning, I had someone write something on our group and so I called the editor and so he ended up letting me write editorials and we would do interviews when things were coming out. So um, I said to him, I said, I don't mind if you write something about it, but I said, you at least should call me. And that so- Absolutely key. That is so, so interesting because everybody hides behind emails and texts and God knows and WhatsApp, that is such a key to just keep it real and get on that phone. Well, I also learned the first time we did it. I mean, again, I started it after you bring kids back into it. It was after I put the kids to bed. I think I, I wrote the business plan in my bathrobe from the <laughs> office. And so on the kids, because I want to do that as part two, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, I just I have to say we are absorbing. I, I just want to show everybody. These are my notes <laughs> of what Rebecca is saying. Um, I'm going to put Rebecca in the green from for a moment. Um, thank you, Rebecca. You can have a, a cup of water or whatever, you're, or champagne <laughs> maybe if you're drinking it at, at right now. Not uh, yet. <laughs> you might need a champagne after this. Um, I'm just going to put Rebecca back in the green room. Um, you are absolutely bang smack in the middle of our interview with the most extraordinary human being, humanist, Rebecca Bond, who's a LinkedIn futurist, and she's really giving us insights into not even recognizing that there is such a thing as glass ceilings. And I don't know if any of our viewers would like to discuss in their lives what kind of glass ceilings they might have been experiencing. So what I've learned so far is the uh, almost um, the hour uh, as we come into exactly um, 7 p.m. New York City uh, East Coast time, uh, and that is... 12 midnight in Greenwich Mean Time in London. That is exactly 8 a.m. Sunday, Tokyo, and that makes it 9 a.m. in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I want to take a little bit of a break here, and we're going to come back with questions. Um, but before we do that, and after this little break um, of our little uh, snippet about Rebecca and uh, our absolute amazing guests, I want to give you all an update on where are they now? Some of our amazing guests that we've had, we are celebrating our eighth month. And um, here we go. Here comes a little snippet about Rebecca. Super bloom, hey? Unbelievable. I hope you're all doing really well. Let me know how your weekend has been progressing, what you've been up to, any comments you want to make, because we're going to next part talk about um, uh, men, women, families, um, and the blue skies of opportunity for women. Uh, Rebecca is in the non-for-profit community um, benefit area. And we started off this weekend show talking about the $1 billion investment by Walmart uh, in education of its employees for free. But I was just so proud to actually have a look at, um, uh, you know, uh, in two weeks that we've been away, 
Um, just some of the things that our uh, guests have been up to uh, as we celebrate our eighth month. Um, and please do go onto our YouTube channel, which is Henry and Friends Alive, and you can do all the backlog catalogs of these extraordinary guests. Um, Michael Mutt, um, who we're going to have on in a few weeks' time, um, has now moved cities completely. So we're going to be speaking to him in the month of October. Lucy Larita is actually training and in the middle of her charity reality TV training since we spoke to her eight months ago. Balana G is continuing pursuing her property and opera. Clinton Hoffman has now launched his free IF guide for men's mental health. These are all our guests. It's extraordinary. Go onto the backlog of um, YouTube, Henry and Friends Live channel. Unbelievable. Uh, I had a look at this last week and I'm like, wow, I really have to talk about this. Rubina Latif, this is what eight months does, um, has now been appointed as Keel's facialist trainer in London. Jane Marshall in Melbourne is penning her book on cancer. Extraordinary. Tracy McLeod Howe um, is actually doing upskilling and her theology and studies. Uh, Jackie Zook, um, who I had the most fantastic interview with last weekend, talking about the art of the interview, jump onto Jackie Zook channel because um, it was a great interview on the art of interviewing. Um, uh, Robert Pulaski, who is flying high. This man has created an extraordinary Airbnb experience uh, that straddles Mexico and Kentucky. Check out, um, here's our travel correspondent, Deb Meyer, who is expanding and flourishing enormous amounts with her horticultural uh, organization, and she's just moved house with the whole family. And Denny Hines, I can only tell you, um, has been doing extraordinary things. So when we come back after the break, um, we're going to uh, talk to Rebecca a little bit about not just the glass ceiling, but the place of family, the place of friends, uh, the position of women, and why the pandemic has blown away the entire um, usual uh, template that we all had. And Rebecca is extremely optimistic. Yes, there are challenges, but when we come back, Rebecca's going to say how the system works now. Please stand by. Wow, wow, wow. How are you doing, Rebecca? Are you enjoying yourself? I am. <laughs> how about you? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm just learning so much. I've been taking, I'm taking all these notes so that afterwards I can share it with our, our summary. Um, but it truly is a, a pleasure and an honour. Um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to inspire this part of the conversation. We're going to do a quick little snippet, which we have to talk over because of algorithms. But we were playing this as we were getting ready this morning. Um, and this was the Denny Hines. You said, wow, who's that? So she was also featured a couple of weeks ago, um, which you might have to look at. I have an insight into some secret things that she's arranging, which we'll highlight. But um, this was the person, as you were preparing the background, you said, wow, who is this? Yeah, she's really doing good. Um, on TikTok and we have to talk over it. So I think I've worked out how we get her in the middle of the screen. You're going to be on my right. I'm going to be on the left. Let's see if we can do it. She's she is. She's she really is amazing. I used to feel so uninspired. 
And now I have to cut that off because so good, so good. I mean, that's really inspiring, isn't it? Are there some things that inspire you of all the things that you do? You really are breaking and had broken through. Um, what's some of the things that inspire when you? Can you can belt it out like that. <laughs> yes, that is a gift. Isn't she amazing? And she's got some really secret things coming up, which we can't talk about, but we know about. Um, so, Rebecca. Um, you, we, when we spoke and we did our pre-interview, what I really wanted was so extraordinary to me is, you know, we, we got a cut off from technology last weekend. You said, smile. Um, you, 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 you talk about no, smile. You have, um, you know, barriers. You don't look at it being, well, it's imposed upon me. I have to smile from within. But what really, really, really took my inspiration and really invigoration, which I want to hand over the mic to you, was um, the fact that you don't recognise after the pandemic there being glass ceilings. You never did anyway. Talk to me about the new blue sky opportunities for women. What does that mean? Um, you know, there's been a big change that's gone on. I mean we're what 20 months into this and plus yeah. Yeah. Uh, i mean who could have imagined we'd be here today 20 months later it's like dog years um <laughs> so, so i figured i'm dressing up for this <laughs> so, um, anyway if you could wear a tux um but you know the pandemic is a disruptive moment. It doesn't even capture what what everyone has been through. And it really is, I mean, now I think it's a time where people are starting to assess what, you know, has happened and, and where things, you know, it's still shifting sand. But I mean, workplaces still can't get people comfortably back to work. And so, you know, the people have started, I mean, it's quite mind boggling when you consider that it seemed like the world stopped and, and we didn't know how it was going to start again. And yet, yeah. and yet humans ha have figured out how to put it together somehow. And we're all very comfortable on, you know, Zooms and Microsoft team meetings and talking like this and watching concerts online and throwing a mask on and off when we have to, but but like functioning. And but what I think is fascinating to get back to like women and families and moms and dads yes. and things yes. like that. Yes. I mean, that just fell apart. So the the schools and that, I mean if anyone had told me that my kids would be at home and I would be a homeschool teacher while I was doing everything else, I, I mean, I would have said, you're nuts. I mean, that's not possible. This would happen. This is like in a dystopian book we've read, right? Um, 
like all our kids have been reading dystopian novels for years and you think, oh, that's dystopian. Uh, and, yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh, we're in this now. And, you know, now starting to talk to people and work with people, there's, there's a change in, I mean, people are really set in the conversation that first of all, everyone got home and gets to see how the sausage gets made. So, you know, it's not like, oh, you have kids? So, I mean, I remember, I can tell you, I've had years ago where I'd be like, I'd wear a big sweater to just cover that I was pregnant. And cause I was trying to get the deal signed and, you know, I didn't want anyone to think that, you know, I would be, you know, incapacitated in any way, you know, because I would be, you know, having a child um, in the middle of something. And, um, you know, I, I never led with talking about my family or my children. I would always let someone else lead with that before bringing it up. And again, you talk about, you know, what we've done to sort of like pretend we don't have them, but we do. And they're very, you know, present and like the most important thing to me, my children. And yet, you know, I love business. So it's like the pandemic brought everyone home. I mean, we were, you know, you're on Zoom calls and you're seeing people's dogs and where they're living. And I mean, I'm just, the most fun part of this, if there's a fun part, has been seeing the realness and authenticity. I mean, everyone just, I had a meeting the other day and I said, you know, I was wearing like, the shirt and the person I had the meeting with said, oh yeah, I had a meeting earlier. So I kept the shirt on for this meeting. We were having a discussion about being dressed up for our Zoom call meeting. And, you know, you just, there, there's a realness about it and everyone coming together, which again, you know, women and women with children, we've always had the realness. like. It wasn't optional that we figure out, you know, how our kids get picked up, you know, or if, you know, a call comes from school and they're sick and it throws everything off. So, you know, unfortunately, I learned my job quite well coming to New York before ever entering, you know, the parenting zone. Um, but nonetheless, you're tap dancing, you know, even harder um, and trying to, you know, not not look like it, you know, you've got, you're unnerved at all. So, and, you know, so I think women are master plate jugglers and that just has been, you know, how it is. And um, it's been nice to be able to have, the pandemic has changed the conversation around that. I mean, the, the flexible, you know, work time conversations, they were, people would kind of scoff at these conversations or you can't do those because you couldn't be productive. And now so you have everyone saying they don't so want to go back. On that, you're saying that you couldn't. So my understanding is what you're saying is you couldn't have conversations about your family because that meant that you were a liability to the company. Mm -hmm. you, were, you're, you're, you know, your time was being absorbed. And now what you're saying to me is people are looking towards women, new opportunities for flexibility for juggling, for multitasking, for being able to run homeschooling and a business because men can't do that as well. Women, you know, what 
like there's hard skills and soft skills. And what are those things they can't teach you? The soft skills. And what do women get? A lot of soft skills. So intuition, empathy, patience. Um, you don't get to quit your family. Like you can quit a job and say, well, I'll go find another family. I'll go find another job. <laughs> go find another job. You cannot quit your family. So oh my so God, failure is, is kind of not an option. So you, you figure out how you're going to navigate through all those things and these soft skills. I mean, I know when I, particularly when I came to New York, I mean, I was hardcore. Um, you know, I remember one of my clients saying he was going to miss something because he was going to his son's baseball game. And I thought, what? Why would he want to do that and miss this? <laughs> I mean, I was so far away from thinking about having children, of course. But, you know, I, yeah. I said, actually, having children made me better as a business person because I didn't have any time to waste. I, I learned patience. I learned that, you know, you don't jump, at, you know, at the first thing and letting things, again, I said conscious serendipity. All my jobs occurred because of conscious serendipity. Like it was someone I talked to on a plane. Uh, I, I got to New York because I was at a Timberwolves NBA game and I went out at halftime to get a hot dog or something and um, and ran into the head of marketing who I knew. And that's how I got introduced to the job in New York. He said, you'd be awesome at it. And, and here you are sitting in front, we're in front of each other. We're running a little bit out of time, believe it or not, it is actually quarter past the hour. So it's actually, <laughs> you are in New York City on a Saturday night. It is 7.15 PM, which makes it 15 minutes past midnight Sunday morning in London. That hello, London. Hello, London. Absolutely. Uh, I understand that your daughters might be tuning in at some point. Are they allowed to be up that late? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, They're definitely up. I think they might be watching. I, they, they were definitely. We from were Oxford, aren't they? Aren't they doing summer school in Oxford? They are. They're doing a summer program there, and then my son is at a camp. So it's wow. sports. So, I mean. You know, it's mom's happening. doing normal, like normal. It's like normal, getting back yeah. to a little bit like being with their own peers. <laughs> so. Yes, I hear you. So that makes it actually 16 minutes past the um, 8 a.m. in Tokyo, Rebecca. And in our brick of the woods in Melbourne and Sydney and the east coast of Australia, it is now 17 minutes past nine on a Sunday morning. Um, I'm going to ask you, um, when we come back after this break, just um, what your ending, what you'd like us to be left with from your knowledge. I have got a trillion notes, pieces of notes here, which I'm actually going to try and summarise. We're going to put you into the back room. And when we come back, the question, the last question will be, um, what's the one thing you'd like to leave us with regard to the new opportunities of the blue skies for women? So please stand by. I mean, what an extraordinary interview. What an extraordinary human being. And um, I'll give you my take on it um, right at the end. But I have to say that um, the one thing I have to say is it's really not, don't allow things to be imposed upon you. It's not the glass ceiling is created. 
it is created if you recognize it. Rebecca just sailed past it. Um, and I love the comment about, oh, my notes just fell, but the comment about um, everyone now knows how the sausage is made at home. Some brilliant comments um, that are absolutely worth going back on and listening to this interview a few times. I know I will be. Um, after this break, um, we're going to uh, thank Rebecca and then we do the usual behind the scenes where Rebecca and I just have a chit chat and talk one on one, but you can listen in on how we thought everything went. Um, so I'm going to be back in a second. We're going to do uh, Rebecca's last, um, last uh, bits and pieces. Thank you all for watching. And we're coming up with the roundup right after the So I have to tell you, Rebecca, before we do our finale and the curtains close and then we do our, we have the most amazing guest next weekend that you're going to love. He is New York City based psychiatrist, Dr. David Salvage, and we're all going to be able to sit on the sofa and we're going to be talking about dating from a psychiatrist, from a New York City psychiatrist. <laughs> we're going to be talking about dating, ghosting, swiping, you name it. So I think that that's going to Brilliant. be a, a on the sofa but we are now in front of you and it's what been a fun idea <laughs> isn't it great um i want to definitely get advice but i'd love to know your summary what's the one thing you would like uh to leave us um with your wisdom because you're you've got really some amazing wisdoms there you know what i, I don't i've never looked at my career or life as a final destination i said i want to end my life just learning and so and so be open to things that scare you um if it's a little scary it's still okay um you know your confidence there's that little voice inside of you sometimes that says i can't do this and really you can um if you feel like there's that voice inside you that says um, that doesn't sound like a good idea. You should probably say it because someone is thinking that and there's a lot of group think out there and it's, and I think that's what happens as you get older. That's really awesome with, you know, some wisdom and experience. I mean, say I plan no when it's, say no when it's no, say yes when it's yes. And I'm just going to finish off Rebecca. Yeah. Um, from New York City. This is a gentleman that we had on as a guest that's now running Experience um, Airbnbs, and his whole concept is actually unplugging. It's not plugging, it's unplugging. And so Robert says, humans live without, and it's very similar about with the, the, the theme of today, humans live without intention of what's important. The pandemic is more a culture adjustment. We have had much greater suffering in the past than this. Yes, it's a challenge, but the entitlement humans are removed from is the true atrocity. The egos are more affected from this than the virus itself. Very interesting. And you're saying that it's about a realization of self. Yes is yes, no is no, and not recognizing the big boogeyman of what can't be done. Um, I'm going to thank you so very much. What do you yeah, think on I that? I also just want to say one thing that I think it's really important to work with people with similar values, you know, what, 
Look at what people do versus what they say. You can read a company's mission statement, but then look at what they do. So I am very careful about who I work with because I just like family, like you, it's like your work family and you want to work with people that, that share that have a shared value system because it's very hard to work against that. Well, guess what? You are melting down the switchboard. I've got a lady that's sneaking a couple more comments here because my switchboard is about, my computer will not allow me to stop this conversation. It's going, don't you go near me. Uh, so this is from Melita uh, Simmons, and she's actually um, a founding um, audience viewer of ours, and she's based in Canberra, which is the coldest part of Australia, and it's our capital city, and she's got the warmest heart. She says, love Rebecca's articulation of women juggling everything. Spot on. Most of us take the art of keeping oil, uh, all the balls in the air for granted. Also love the message for listening to your intuition. I have never been disappointed when making decisions listening to my intuition, only disappointed when ignoring my intuition. It's a beauty. Pretty good, eh? Spot on. I agree with her. So. I absolutely do. I'm going to have to close it in here. Um, right. Please stay behind. I cannot thank you enough. I've got all my notes. I'm going to summarize. And please stay back because we're actually going to do um, our little secret behind the scenes uh, discussion on how you felt the interview went. Um, please don't forget, everybody. Thank you, Rebecca. We're going to be back in a moment. Um, please don't forget that you can actually connect with Rebecca Bond on her LinkedIn and also on her Instagram, which is um, Rebecca Bradshaw Bond. All the links are in the, are in the bottom of our description. That includes all the people that we have discussed today about what they've been doing, all our guests. It's got all the links you could possibly want and need for Rebecca, for myself. Um, if you're watching, please do make sure that you like us and subscribe to us on Henry and Friends um, live um, uh, channel, YouTube channel. And next weekend, you're going to have to get your sofa out because let me tell you, do we have a show for you? They get exciting, everyone equally exciting. And that is sitting on the sofa with Dr. David Salvage, a psychiatrist, talking about dating. Um, we'll be back right after the break just to get a little bit of an idea of how Rebecca Fett felt her interview went. And I'm just going to call, find this, and I will see you in a moment. We're on live, but I just want to know how was your experience? How did you enjoy it? It was great. It's, I mean, I care passionately about all these topics, and it's wonderful to talk with you because you, you're a swing for the fences, innovator, creator, and just a, one of the best humans I know. So, oh, wow. Uh, wow. And you do smile all the time. So, <laughs> I don't know if I. 
Oh, no, Rebecca, your attitude last weekend, I have to tell you, I was, I was, you know what it's like, you, you know, a person, you're building up in a, an interview, you're with a person, you, that person's time is so precious. And, you know, I knew it wasn't a kidney operation when the Instagram, you know, when the internet went down, but that one comment, smile, Henry, and I just, I, I have a huge place in my heart for you. But it's just amazing. And I told my whole family because they know you so well. And my father said, I remember, I remember Rebecca. She's fantastic. Oh, send my love I'll, to them. They're wonderful. I'll give you my feedback and, and we'll leave it at that. But of course, I'm going to give you a call quickly on the, on the mobile. But that is, um, Rebecca, um, every one of my interviews, there's a point when you don't think that you're not filming anymore. It's basically you're just talking to somebody and that's and you're learning. I have to thank you. I have learned so, we've all learned so much from you today. And there comes a thing where it all dissolves and you're just speaking. And you are an amazingly calm, um, uh, there's a gentleness and a firmness about you. And it just came across today. Phenomenal interview. Oh, thank you, Henry. Thank I you so much. That, I miss well. you. I miss you terribly. Guys. I, miss you guys. I really do. I really do. I I'm going to go out too. and get a coffee. I miss you terribly. We're going to have a big hug. I'm going to hug you for 48 okay. minutes. You. Love and hug. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm honoured. And stay tuned for next weekend because we're going to have Dr. David Salvage talking about dating. I know. I'm going to tune in. That's so brilliant. Thank you so much, darling. Take care. A pleasure. All right. Okay. Bye. Thank you.